Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You guys are entering a really pivotal portion of your schedule going against teams that you're, you know, jockeying for playoff position with. Has a sense of urgency in the locker room heightened because of that? Like, are you guys aware that... You know, this this month of the season really determines your playoff fate. Definitely, we know that games like this are almost worth as two games, right? Because you get a win and you give the other team that you're fighting in the standings with a loss. So we knew, and they knew, how important these two games were. Uh, we're one on one, you know. Um, but there's definitely more of a um, like a playoff feel for these games because it's. It is like we're fighting for the playoffs. It's Chris Stapps, Porzingis, talking yesterday post-game after the Wizards' tough loss at the hands of the Toronto Raptors. We'll talk all things D.C. family here for the final hour of the program. Coming up in about 17 minutes, Josh Robbins set to join us, who covers the Wizards for the Athletic. And as Chris Stapps alluded to it right there, Washington's got to understand that this is a very pivotal portion of the schedule for this group. Really, they're in control of their own destiny as they sit here in the month of March. Perfect situation because 11 of their 17 games in this month of March will be played at Capital One Arena. And last night, it really felt like this team was on the verge of picking up a big-time W. The crowd, though, I was out there uh, yesterday as you probably could tell, hearing my voice in the uh, press conference in the media in the media availability, I, I was out there last night at Capital One Arena. That atmosphere was unlike anything I've ever been a part of in that building. I've been to a couple of Wizards games. The last Wizards games I, I went to, I went to one other game this season. I went to the game against the Chicago Bulls uh, where Chris Stapps Porzingis makes Nikola Vucevic fall. Great atmosphere then. But last night was different. Last night was, woo. There's a reason this team was able to come back after being down 11 in the fourth quarter. Because that crowd at Capital One Arena last night kept them in it all night long. So shout out, you know, to the D.C. faithful for for popping out and cheering on the squad last night. But obviously, wasn't enough for them to get the dub. Uh, 116-109 losers. The turnovers was really the key story. Uh, last night for the Wizards. Toronto, one of the better defensive teams in basketball. 24 Wizards turnovers led to 34 Toronto Raptor points last night. So that ultimately ended up being the Achilles heel uh, for that group. And they end up forcing overtime. And when they get into the final session, the offense was just bleh. It was ugly. It was putrid. 
But I get it. You know, it wasn't until Junior spoke about it post game and talked about the fatigue that the guys had to deal with. And I completely agree with that. It kind of looked like it. They played hard for all 48 plus minutes uh, of that game yesterday. And they ultimately, you know, come up on the short end of the stick. But any time that you turn the basketball over 24 times in a game, you're not supposed to win, right? It's very difficult to win in this league uh, when you're turning the basketball over at that rate. Now, Washington's got to do a much better job protecting it. They'll have a tougher assignment tonight uh, going against Giannis and the Bucks. The Bucks coming off a tough loss last night uh, against the Philadelphia 76ers. But when you look at Washington and their remaining schedule and where they currently sit in the Eastern Conference playoff picture, like I said, they're in complete control of their own destiny. Now, after last night's loss with Toronto, they're a game back in the loss column of the Raptors. Washington, if the season ended today, would make the postseason play-in tournament uh, as the 10th seed. But with all the home games that they have this month and looking at the standings, right now Washington only five games back of the Brooklyn Nets who are in the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference playoff picture. Now, what's the difference of being the sixth seed and the 10th seed, you might ask? For my casual basketball watchers out there, uh, the NBA instituted the play-in tournament a couple years ago. And right now, teams 7 through 10 uh, qualify for the play-in tournament to figure out who's going to be the 7th seed and the 8th seed in the Eastern Conference. If you're good enough to be the 6th seed, where Brooklyn is, Washington five games back of them, you don't have to play in the play-in tournament. And you essentially get a little mini-buy before the postseason starts. Now, if Washington gets up to the 6th seed, the current 3 seed who they would play uh, is the Philadelphia 76ers. Obviously, a lot of basketball left to be played before we could start talking about eventual playoff matchups. But the remainder of the season for Washington is so pivotal here, right? I mentioned 11 of their 17 games this month are at home. But this next stretch of games coming up here, uber important. Huge game tonight against Milwaukee. They'll have Monday off, and then they got a back-to-back on the road in Detroit. That's the makeup game from earlier this season when the weather permitted them from playing. They're on the road in Detroit. Then the very next night, they're back home against Atlanta. Then they're home for Atlanta again on Friday night. So this next four-game stretch here for Washington, very crucial. Washington uh, took one from Atlanta the other night in their crib, 119-116, when Bradley Beal goes nuclear, uh, 37 points, including, I believe it was 14 points scored uh, in that fourth quarter. Washington, though, like I said, trying to jockey for playoff positioning in the Eastern Conference, and let's just do an official tally and count here. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Washington's got about 16 games left to go in the season. How they finish this month of March uh, is definitely going to tell you, uh, excuse me, Washington's got about what? 23 games left in the season. And how they finish the month of March is definitely going to dictate their playoff standings. When they get into the month of April, what, they've got five games in the month of April at the Knicks, home from Milwaukee, at Atlanta, home for Miami, home for Houston. Um, so Washington's got a really good shot here of cracking the postseason. I'm really impressed, though, by the depth that they've been able to acquire in the backcourt. I remember this summer when we would hear from Tommy Shepard and when we would hear from Wes Unsell Jr., the number one thing that they constantly addressed uh, was improving at the point guard spot, getting them more depth. And the phrase they kept using was finding somebody that could contain the basketball off the dribble. 
Now, the doctor gives you exactly what you ordered from that standpoint. DeLone Wright has come in here uh, as a free agent, has really solidified that point guard spot for Washington. He's in the starting lineup right now because Monty Morris uh, is listed as week-to-week with a back injury. He got an epidural uh, a couple of days ago. But DeLone Wright helping Washington uh, be able to deal with the loss of Monty Morris right now. And DeLone Wright, from game one, it was very evident the impact that he was going to have on this basketball team. And last night, it, it really continued. Saw him knock down four three-pointers uh, in the loss and had a career high in steals as well. So DeLone Wright really doing his best to put his fingerprints on these games for Washington and really hold down the fort at the point guard spot uh, while Monty Morris heals up uh, dealing with that back injury. Wizards, like I mentioned, again, in action today, taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. That one's at the tip at 730. Uh, the Bucks, I'm sure, aren't going to be too happy after losing and having their 16-game winning streak snapped last night uh, against the Philadelphia 76ers. And Milwaukee, we hope, well, I don't even want to say hope. The players probably hope. Fans hope as well. That maybe Milwaukee comes in a little shorthanded. Tough game last night. They're having to travel all the way from Milwaukee to Washington. So you'll think maybe you see a Giannis get a rest. Maybe Chris Middleton gets the night off. Maybe Bobby Portis gets the night off. Who knows? Who knows? I just know that if you're Washington, every game for the rest of the season matters. Kyle Kuzma spoke about this uh, after the win against Toronto on Thursday night. It feels like every time it feels like Washington's turning the corner, they go back and lose. And last night kind of felt like one of those losses, man. Just as it feels like this group is about to turn the corner and ascend into that next tier, so to speak, in the Eastern Conference, they have a setback. And last night in the loss against Toronto, it's hard for me to be super negative and try to nitpick at what happened because I thought they played really, really well. Really, really well. But as we look at the schedule moving forward for Washington, they can't afford to turn the basketball over 24 times. That's not going to beat the teams coming up on your schedule. You can't turn the ball over 24 times and hope to beat a Milwaukee. You can't turn the ball over 24 times and expect to beat Atlanta or Philadelphia. So if you're D.C., it's all about cleaning it up and becoming more consistent. That's the thing, because we've seen them do it in spurts. We've seen them do it in stretches of play where they just are giving you everything you need It's just about doing it on a more consistent basis. And last night was, I don't don't know if frustrating is the right word to use. It was kind of bizarre to watch uh, how much this offense struggled uh, in that overtime session against Milwaukee. I mentioned Washington only scored four points in the entire overtime session, and I don't believe they scored the first basket until about two minutes left to go in the session. So offense was tough to come by. You wonder... Uh, if they were feeling the impact of not having Monty Morris. He's been known as this team's table setter. He's the leading assist guy on the squad right now and really brings them a real calming presence at that point guard spot. I'm just, I'm interested to see here in this next couple of weeks and really the the remainder of the month of March, how consistent Washington is, right? Because they're in that purgatory where you're not bad enough to have a top five lottery pick and you're not good enough to where you're going to be one of the top six seeds in the East. If they can make their play more consistent, though, 
we could potentially see them gain ground on a team like Brooklyn. But last night, the vibe out of Capital One Arena felt like a pseudo-playoff game, and to me, that's why I was even more disappointed that they weren't able to come up with the dub because Capital One Arena, I don't know if it was a sellout crowd, but it was damn sure close. And the fans were engaged and active, you know, the whole way through, especially in that fourth quarter when Washington had that 11-point comeback. Uh, it was really impressive to see uh, the D.C. faithful come out and show their support for the Wizards. And folks don't get it, man. That's why I always say if the Wizards ever got good and were like a top three team in the East, this would be a Wizard city. This is a basketball town, man. The DMV is the mecca. It's the mecca of hoops. One of the best high school basketball landscapes in the country. We got some of the best college teams in the country playing here locally. So always a good vibe uh, when the D.C. family uh, is out in full support of the Washington Wizards out of Capital One Arena. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll keep things on the D.C. family. Josh Robbins, who covers the team for the Athletic, is set to join us next. He'll tell us what the hell happened last night, plus what they have to do to bounce back tonight against Milwaukee. All that and more coming up next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. About 30 minutes left to go here in this Sunday edition of Overtime. Youngs in charge, Wilbur Linnell Willingham, taking you up the 1 o'clock before we give you our coverage of Nat Spring Training. Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler out in Florida on the call for Nats and Astros. First pitch for that one uh, set for 1 o'clock. And make sure you keep it locked on the fan all afternoon long, starting at 6 o'clock. Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler with a super special spring training broadcast. They'll be joined 
by Nats ace Cade Cavalli. So make sure uh, to keep it locked on 106.7 The Fan all day long to catch Charlie Slows uh, and Dave Jagler. Right now, talking all things D.C. family. Joining us right now to do so is our buddy Josh Robbins, who covers the team for The Athletic. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Joshua B. Robbins. It was good seeing you yesterday, my man. How are you? I'm doing well. Great to see you. And your voice is even more impressive in person than it is on the radio. (laughs) And it's damn good on the radio. So, well done. I appreciate it, my man. Let's get into the action from last night. First of all, Josh, you were in attendance. I was doing my best to explain it to the fans. Can you, in your perspective and from your vantage point, talk about the atmosphere last night at Capital One Arena? Because it was electric. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. <laughs> and it, and, and don't, don't understand, it got, Josh. <laughs> no, well, I didn't, I didn't think it was quite electric. I thought it okay. was electric. For um, moments. Moments of it was. For, for a few moments right. on, the, on the game time three in regulation, I thought mm-hmm. it was really good. Um, I would have expected the fans to be on their feet more right. on some of these decisive possessions. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've always felt that the crowd at Capital One Arena is – very good when they're engaged yeah. and per, per capita per person, that's a loud uh, engaged arena. And mm-hmm. it was pretty good last night with room to improve. Definitely. I agree. And the team obviously has room to improve as well. I believe the final count, Josh was 24 turnovers on the night. Anytime that you're turning the basketball over that much, uh, it's going to be tough to win. Um, the Raptors able to score 34 points off of Washington's 24 turnovers. Before you hopped on, we were talking about the struggles the team had in that overtime session. They obviously only scored four points. Uh, we were able to talk to West post game about some of those struggles. He blamed fatigue. Uh, from your vantage point, what did you see, and why was the team unable to get the lid off of the basket there in the extra session? All right, so I just rewatched this mm-hmm. because I this is the, I hoped you would ask this question, and and I need to understand, of course, what what happened. Uh, it was a their offense late lacked a lot of creativity, which is fine to a degree. Uh, basically, what they did on most of those possessions is clear out, set a screen for Bradley Beal to be switched to have Fred Van Fleet, mm-hmm. the worst defender on that floor for the Raptors at that time, to be switched on to Brad, and then have Brad go and create either his own shot or something for someone else. Okay, that's fine. And I don't even mind the repetition there. I don't even mind that they didn't really diversify what they did, uh, what they were trying to do. What I found pretty shocking fault with, and I, it's, you know, it's visible when you watch it again, was that they kind of just jogged into, they didn't start getting Brad moving until at the earliest 14 left on the shot clock. And either the screen was set a little too late or he went too late. And when he then encountered some barriers, some obstacles, mm-hmm. and chose to pass, uh, the, the guys who got the ball had no chance to create themselves. So there was no, the word Wes Antel Jr. would use is, is thrust. There was no thrust there. Uh, there was no offensive, I don't want to use the word urgency because they were trying hard, but right. they, need, they need to go at a much ha- faster speed. Yeah. And Brad needs to go, you know, start moving at a much faster speed there. Um, so that, that was 
that was part of it. And the rest of the offense, again, these were just ISO plays. And the other four guys, aside from the guy who was setting the screen, they were just standing there. Yeah. And Josh, that's frustrating to watch with this group because that's really, to me, not the strength of this team and not why they've had offensive success this year. The other night against Toronto, they had 30 assists on 43 made baskets. That's more of the formula for success uh, for Washington, and we clearly didn't see them you know, use that style of offense uh, in the fourth quarter in overtime. They were able to come back, though, Josh, using that same strategy of attacking Fred Van Fleet. You mentioned the pace changed uh, in that overtime session. Uh, from going back in Washington, did you see Toronto make any adjustments to make things more difficult for Washington in those sets? They did a good – Ananobi, for instance, on uh, one or two possessions, did a good job of being there in support for Van Vliet. I mean, he was never that far off. Yeah. He wasn't far enough off not to sag in and, and then create a barrier for Beal. And he did that effectively. And there was one occasion when then Beal passed out to Porzingis. And Porzingis didn't have enough time uh, – really to get a shot off or to decline a shot and pass. So did I see a major adjustment? No, I did not. I didn't see a major adjustment there. Um, In essence, Toronto's major adjustment heading into this game last night was that they played harder. Yeah. Offensively. Not that they didn't. Yeah. There was, um, it wasn't that they didn't play hard before, but this was at a much higher level and it was evident from the very beginning and it was, evident in many, but not all of the turnovers. Yeah. I was just struck sometimes by how much trouble wizards players had simply dribbling the ball. Yeah. The ball pressure in particular. was extreme last night. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought it was, yes, there was a lot of that, but some of these errors were relatively unforced. Yeah. And in Beal's case in particular, he's, and it's been a problem now since I started to cover the team his handle isn't as tight as it needs to be in traffic. Um, it's a problem. It's a problem, and, it, and it's, making, uh, it's making him less efficient than he could be, than he could be. Yeah, I totally agree with you. One of the bright spots uh, last night, Josh, and really the unsung hero of this Wizards season outside of the big three has been DeLone Wright last night, uh, no different. 40 minutes, 6 of 10 from the field. He knocked down four three-pointers, and then he goes for a career-high six steals. What have you seen uh, from DeLone since he's come back from injury? And then I asked this to Wes in the pregame. This offseason when we were talking about Washington and how they needed to improve, we constantly mentioned that lead guard spot. Are you surprised now with the amount of depth that Washington has at the point guard spot? I didn't expect Delon Wright to be this good. Yeah. Um, but they did. did. Yeah. Well, I think they did. Yeah. And they, to their credit, uh, the front office prioritized signing him. And they saw what he can do as a defender and as a three-point shooter. The three-point shooting has come around as his um, rhythm and conditioning have come back. He had a, that was a long two-month – that was a two-month layoff pretty yeah. much. And because it was a lower body injury, uh, hamst- a pretty significant hamstring strain, he, he couldn't really jog or run or keep his his conditioning up. And as great as NBA players are, 
if their legs are not under them and their conditioning is not where it's, it needs to be for them, um, their shooting is going to struggle. And now that he is fully back with that, uh, his shooting is what it can be, which is darn good. <laughs> and I think he's been superb. And um, I'm a little disappointed you you asked the question because I was hoping that to, I still am planning to write for Monday about this. And I just hope that no one else who writes about the Wizards kind of knows where I'm going here with oh, that. But we'll, we'll see what happens tonight. So, so Josh Roberts has got a sneaky story up his sleeve is what I hear then, huh? <laughs> no, it, well, it's not. And um, it's not. But, <laughs> but funny. We'll, we'll say that. Uh, I want to talk yeah. about Daniel Gafford. You asked a brilliant question uh, to Wes. And I believe it was in the pregame about Gafford and potentially – you know, eventually extending his range. And Wes, a candid answer is always saying, you know, it's something that we're working on in our, our shoot-around and things like that, but it's not something we're ready to see him do in-game yet. Uh, what, what we are seeing him do in-game, though, Josh, is really have an impact on both ends of the floor now. Uh, he's one of the best rim runners and rollers in the league, and then his ability to alter shots without always blocking it has been incredible as well. He's made some. He's made some strides, and um, you, you spoke to his efficiency on offense, and um, he deserves a lot of credit for that. And um, I think the phrase Wes Unsell Jr. used was something along, you know, he doesn't have the license to to, <laughs> right. to shoot from mid range or far farther from the hoop. So um, yeah, he he's he's improved. He's improved, and I think. Uh, the next step for him isn't really with his range shooting, even though I asked the question. It, it's to string more of these quality performances together because there's still too many instances where I think he kind of, um, yeah, he might leave a game early because of foul trouble, um, or he might, uh, um, you know, fail to pick up uh, a box out on the defensive glass. Um, it, it's to be more consistent, but he has improved. And part of that is the lineup change where Porzingis covers for some of his errors and he covers for some of Porzingis's errors. But I, I think that he, he has made some real improvements. Talking to Josh Robbins, who covers the Washington Wizards for the athletic. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Joshua B Robbins. Uh, the missing Monty Morris obviously hurts this team because how well he was shooting the three point ball. But when he comes back, Josh, the idea of moving DeLone right back to the bench after he's played so well in absence of Monty Morris is tough to me, especially because we're starting to see the three-point shot come around for DeLone. I agree. And that's what the gist of the article tomorrow was going to be, depending <laughs> no on, on what we see on the court. You know, something we might see on the court tonight might um, supersede that. But I, I agree with you. Um he gives that – the starting lineup has been really good, yeah. even with Monte Morris. Uh, but I think that having more uh, rights out there to begin a, begin a game gives the Wizards more of a kind of a defensive orient, orientation that they benefit from. And um, as long as Wright can handle the extra minutes uh, physically right. – I, I would advocate for him to be in the starting lineup. Um, so, um, yes, you and I are, are right on the same wavelength there. 
So now I 100%. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I think more, more of it has to do with, like you said, his defensive prowess and Washington being able to set a tone on that end of the floor to start games. I think it's something that uh, could, could maybe really help them out. But the, the start of games isn't really where the issue has been, Josh. The third quarter has been a huge problem uh, for Washington. Uh, and it was, you know, last night as well. From what you've seen, why are they struggling so much coming out of the locker room? I can't put my finger on it. Uh, perhaps the other team is making better adjustments. Uh, yeah. Certainly that's a possibility. Um, yeah, last night the Wizards rotation was fouled up because Denny Abia was sick yeah. and he couldn't keep playing, um, which kind of screwed up their, their balance a little bit. Um, but I, I can't put my finger on it. Perhaps it is adjustments. Um, you know, something else I've noticed is, and I, it's not just me, I would imagine, is that they, they do have problems at times closing out the second quarter. Yeah. And, um, you know, closing out quarters, particularly the second quarter, is, is a problem for them. Or at least it's something that they can improve on. Yeah, it's definitely something that they've got to sure up here if they want to continue this postseason push. Uh, Josh, the month of March obviously going to be critical for this basketball team. If you can highlight one reason, if if I told you the Washington Wizards were going to not only uh, make the postseason, Josh, but be one of the top six seeds in the East, what would be the reason for that, you would say? (laughs) Well, I don't think that's. I don't, I don't think that's realistic. I mean, I have to be honest okay. here. Um, I, I'm just looking at the standing. I suppose is it more, Brooklyn is it more, so, is it more so because of the schedule you think it's unrealistic, or do you just think there are too many games behind at this point? Well, they have five games to make up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe Brooklyn collapses now. Uh, that's possible. Uh, if, if it happens, uh, they have to stay healthy. Yeah. And not just the the – the triumvirate of, of Beal, Kuzma, and Porzingis, and that, that is critical. But it's also got to be um, DeLon Wright. I think that he really is kind of the swing role player on this team. More than any of the other um, guys on the roster, he's the swing guy. That's um, uh, as important as Denny is, as important as Gafford is, um, I think it's really Wright, who is the, the next most important player on that team, uh, the fourth most important player of that team. And their record shows it, that when all four of those guys, Beal, Kuzma, Porzingis, and Wright are playing and are healthy, then they are a good team, not just an average team. They are a good team. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you, man. Obviously, the health of DeLone Wright and everybody uh, in that rotation going to be crucial moving forward. Uh, the Wizards got a big-time matchup tonight. No time to sulk about the loss yesterday. They're right back at it at 7.30. Uh, Josh, look, you, you can help me with this. I'm trying to come up with a nickname for Cap One Arena. I called it The Vault. And then, of course, as soon as we lose, right, Josh, someone tweets at me and says The Vault got broken into. So I might have to uh, might have to think of a new nickname for Cap One Arena. Yeah, you know, I guess I guess you could call it The Bank or something. But, but maybe uh, it would be better served to, to – avoid the banking thing entirely and come up with just something totally um, something new, right? Unusual. Something new and fresh. But, but I, I, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss. <laughs> don't, 
Don't look at don't look to me for creativity. I, I guess I'm the wrong person. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll look for you to the hard hitting stories and facts and information, my man. I appreciate you giving us some time. I'll see you soon. My pleasure, Lino. Thanks that for having is me, Josh Robbins. Make sure you check out all his work uh, via the Athletic. He does a great job uh, writing for the Athletic. Give him a follow on Twitter at Joshua B Robbins. Wizards have a huge game tonight against Milwaukee as they continue uh, their push towards the postseason. We'll take a quick time out when we come back. Well, look at the NBA landscape as a whole. What are some teams that are contenders right now and who are pretenders in the NBA? We'll look at the league next. This is a fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. One final segment to go here on this Sunday edition of Overtime. Youngest in Charge Movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 1 o'clock before we dish the rock to our coverage of Nats Spring Training. Baseball, Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler out in Florida for Nats and Astros. First pitch of that one set for 1 o'clock. Make sure you keep it locked on the fan all day long. Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler starting at 6 o'clock. Have a special broadcast for you where they'll be joined uh, by Nats ace Cade Cavalli. They'll also take your calls uh, all show long as well. Six to seven right here on 106.7 The Fam. Before we get out of here, we were just talking about the D.C. family, and we know uh, that they're making a tough push right now towards the postseason. They got a big game tonight against Giannis and the Bucks. 7.30 tip-off from Capital One Arena. Uh, our coverage starts uh, at 7 o'clock over on our sister station, the Team 980 Dave Johnson and Glenn Consor get you going with the radio party. We'll keep things on the hardwood before we get out of here. Perfect time to play a little contender or pretender. All right, Lindsey John. Let's give our contenders and pretenders. We'll start out in the Eastern Conference. 
The New York Knicks, pretenders or contenders? The New York Knicks are very interesting when it comes to contender or pretender because they're constantly climbing up the standings right now in the Eastern Conference. And right now they're currently in the fifth seed, uh, but they're two and a half games back, or excuse me, a game and a half back of the Cleveland Cavaliers for the four spot in the Eastern Conference. If you would have told me at the start of the season that Jalen Brunson being added to the New York Knicks was going to be some type of phenomenal key piece in the Eastern Conference, I would have looked at you like you had two heads. He has been a key part, but Julius Randle, in the way that he's played, uh, making his first All-Star game, averaging a career-high 25 points per contest. The Knicks are interesting. I'm going to say they're a pretender, though, because I'm not a big fan of the depth that they have off the bench. Outside of Emmanuel quickly, buckets are hard to come by in that second unit. I like the Knicks, though. Okay, your favorite team, who Julius Randle actually just hit a buzzer beater against, the Miami Heat, pretenders or contenders? The Miami Heat are the biggest frauds, and not just the Eastern Conference, but the entire NBA, right? Think about it. We're not too far removed from them participating in the finals back in the bubble. And now, it seems like Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero just aren't enough. Uh, Right now, they're on the outside looking in. Uh, They'd be in a play-in tournament right now if the season ended 34-31 and record. They're the seventh seed right now in the Eastern Conference playoff picture. But when I look at Miami, it just doesn't feel like they have enough, right? Either Jimmy Butler's not as good of a star as we probably anticipated him being, or they're another team where the depth just isn't good enough. Uh, They signed uh, Kevin Love from the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, not too long ago after he was bought out by the team, but they really do have real big issues in their front court outside of Bam Adebayo. He's playing his ass off, by the way. Bam's always going to give you his best effort. It just feels like offense a lot of the times is tough to come by for this group. And uh, Kyle Lowry's missed some time this season as well. He isn't playing worth a damn either, though. So the Heat and pretenders as well. All right, last team in the Eastern Conference, the Cleveland Cavs. The Cleveland Cavaliers. You saved the best for last because, to me, they are 110% bona fide contenders. And here's why. In the postseason. What's it going to take to win? You got to be able to score on the half court, and you got to defend, right? The Cleveland Cavaliers have been one of the best defensive teams in basketball this year, and their backcourt of Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, I think, has a chance to be one of the best one-two punches in the entire Eastern Conference playoffs. Yeah, I'm talking just as good as a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown. I'm talking just as good as a Joel Embiid uh, and a James Harden. We saw Donovan Mitchell score 71 points earlier this year. The kid can hoop. Doing it in the Eastern Conference in the playoffs, I think it'll be a lot easier for him. He won't have to go through that gauntlet that exists out West. The X factor, though, for me, when it comes to the Cleveland Cavaliers, is their front court. The combination of Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, I think, have a real opportunity to make some noise in the postseason. Because, look, we know it. The playoffs, a lot of the times, are about matchups. If they have to get matched up with the Sixers, I have no issue with that because they got the bigs to fight with Joel Embiid. Real quick, I just want to hear your mm-hmm. thoughts. The Knicks could have gotten Donovan Mitchell, but they didn't want to give up R.J. Barrett. What do, you, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't mention R.J. Barrett when talking about the Knicks. And it could be that four-seed, five-seed matchup as well. It could end up being that four-seed, five-seed matchup. I look at 
the Knicks and say you're probably stupid for not making that move. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, to me, uh, clearly the better player between him and Jalen Brunson. I don't think that was much of an argument. Yeah. All right, in the Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns. Whew. This is so tough for me because it's hard to call a team that boasts Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker. It's hard to say that that group's not a contender. But the depth with Phoenix really concerns me. Really concerns me. Now, they haven't lost uh, since this big three was put together, but they got a key matchup today. That's the number one game on the slate this afternoon. Uh, The Suns taking a trip down to Big D to take on Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, and the Dallas Mavericks. That's going to be must-watch television. I have a better gauge on Phoenix after today, I feel like. But for right now, I'll go ahead and say they're a contender because anytime you boast Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker, you got to be viewed as a contender, right? All right. What about the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic? Yeah. Uh, Nikola Jokic right now making a very strong campaign to get his third straight MVP. It'd be the first time in the league's history uh, that we saw a back-to-back-to-back MVP. The Nuggets are a team that I think are kind of fraudulent. They'll be regular season warriors, but when it comes down to the postseason, when it comes to matchups, I don't know if I buy them beating certain teams in a seven-game series. I know the L.A. Lakers right now are dealing with some serious injuries because of LeBron James. But let's just say the Lakers end up as the eight seed out west, and they got to go in a seven-game series against Denver. I like Anthony Davis and LeBron against Jokic in seven games, even if they if the standings stay the way they currently are, right? And the Clippers are the eight seed. Do you like? Denver over the Clippers in a seven-game series? I don't know if I do. It'll be interesting, man. Russell Westbrook caught a lot of crap for his season where he averaged a triple-double. When Nikola Jokic is doing the same thing, but the thing that separates Jokic and Westbrook is Jokic hadn't had any playoff success either. So it'll be interesting to see what the Nuggets do uh, moving forward. All right, what about the Sacramento Kings? Light the beam. I love everything about the Kings. Now, they're another team that I think is going to be very dependent on the matchup. Um, As it currently stands, if the playoffs started today, they would have a seven-game series against the Dallas Mavericks, who they beat up on uh, a couple, about a week ago. So I like Sacramento. I just wonder, their roster is so young, and they don't have a lot of playoff experience. I wonder how that hurts them uh, come postseason time. I'll say they're pretenders, but they're a damn good pretender. The Dallas Mavericks was our last team we were going to go with here. Yeah. They're another team who will have a much better idea how good they are uh, after today. They're another team. I just don't like the depth that they have, and it feels like their front court's not good enough. They're going to be heavily dependent on Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, and who knows? Who knows? Ultimately, though, when it comes to the Mavericks in the Western Conference playoff picture, the Dallas Mavericks are a group of four teams that I think can come out the West. I think Dallas can come out of the West. I think the Golden State Warriors can come out of the West. I think the Phoenix Suns can come out of the West. And I think the LA Clippers can come out of the West. Outside of that, I think everybody else is a bunch of frauds. That's going to do it, though, for this Sunday edition of Overtime. If you're going to stick around, you got bonus coverage of your boy. The 9 o'clock hour from earlier today. Coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.